You're listening to Coldo D. Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at coldod.org. Turn with me to Genesis 25, and we're just going to look at chapter 25 in this uh, parasha. So, Father, we pray, Lord, you would speak to us through your word now, through this Parsha this week. We pray you would use something in these words today that you would speak beyond anything that I've prepared by your grace to our hearts to lift us up, to instruct us, to help us, to mature us, to strengthen us. B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Galei naiva avitani flo'ot metoratecha b'shem Yeshua. Amen. Amen. So, of the four uh, major characters in these chapters, 25, 26, 27, basically it goes into 28 a little bit, but there is not a lot of good to be seen, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Abraham has already died at age 175 uh, in last week's parasha. Also, Ishmael, age 137. And now we observe Isaac, Rebekah, Esau, and Jacob. And to be honest, it's not too pretty. Uh, They're crafty. They're impulsive. Deceitful spiritually dull, and more. A family with friction, a fractured family as a result, and all I can say is we're all broken. You know, all of us are broken. And we see in verse 21 of chapter 25, let's start there. But God is a God who does brings amazing remedy and wholeness and uh, answers to prayer. And we see this here. Isaac prayed to Adonai on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And Adonai answered his plea, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. And then verse 22, but the children struggled with one another inside her, and she said, If it's like this, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And so Isaac prays on behalf of Rebekah, his wife, and the Lord answers his cry. And then Rebekah prays, and God answers her. An impasse, prayer, and an answer. And then the cycle repeats. Another impasse, prayer again, and another answer. And this is God's plan, isn't it, in our lives? Impasse, prayer, we go to prayer, we go to God, he answers. It seems that, you know, you wish that was the last time, but it happens again. It's a repeat cycle. But God is the God answer. Two words for prayer. There's two different words here for Isaac's prayer versus Rebecca's prayer. And let's just mention them. The word Uh, Eter, from Atar, the root, 
means, for Isaac's prayer, means to entreat, uh, to press strongly to a goal, toward a goal. And the idea here is moving forcefully, moving forcefully. So he prayed with force toward a goal, pressing strongly. Rebecca's prayer is the word is from darash, where we get darash, but darash means to seek, to inquire. It's to, to seek thoroughly, to investigate, to search. So Isaac prayed for divine intervention, for action. He needed a miracle, right? She couldn't become pregnant. She was infertile. And Rebecca prays for divine illumination. She needed understanding, a revelation. Isaac, a miracle. Rebecca, a revelation. Isaac pressed forcefully. Rebecca sought thoroughly. Two different types of prayer, really. Luke 18, 1, Yeshua said, men ought always to pray. So women aren't, that's, he didn't want women to pray, just wanted men to pray. No. <laughs> men ought always to pray. Everyone ought to pray, men and women, of course. And not to faint, not to be discouraged, not to quit. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't get discouraged. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Psalm 105, verse 4 says. So what do you or I need today? Do we need a miracle? Do we need a revelation? Maybe we need both. Do we need God to do the impossible, the unfathomable? Or maybe to show, show you or show me the, the hidden, something that's unknown? He can do it. We pray. We pray. We seek him. We press in. Isaac married at 40, and his wife, Rebecca, Rivka, gave birth at, uh, how old was she? 60. So how long before the prayer was fully answered? 20 years, yeah, 19 or 20 years. 19 or 20 years. So it's not like he prayed and boom, the answer came. Prayed and prayed and prayed. They kept praying. It took a while. took time. doesn't mean wait till 60 to have a child, by the way. Uh, but praise God if it happens then. But Hebrews 10, 35 through 37, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of patience, endurance, hupomeno in the Greek, so that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Don't quit. Don't give up. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. And this is the lesson right here. So God answers the prayer in verse 23. We see the answer comes uh, in 25, 23. The Lord said to her, two nations, here's the revelation, two nations are in your womb. And two people from your body will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other people, but the older will serve the younger. The elder serve the younger. So this was a prophecy. God saying the older who is of the two twins, who are their, what are their names going to be? Jacob and Esau, right? Esau is the older, right? He's going to serve uh, the younger, Jacob, Yaakov, 
Esav and Yaakov. The older will serve the younger. <clears throat> so the Lord answers the prayer. Now, there are several miracle birth mothers, just to mention, in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament. Sarah, Rebecca, or Rivka, Rivka, uh, Rachel, or Rachel, Hannah, Hannah. And in the New Covenant, the Brit Hadashah, we have Elizabeth and we have Miriam. And God is showing that the Jewish people are a miraculous people. We're a miraculous people, only preserved through God's hand, through the divine hand of intervention in response to prayer. Isn't that something? So, and the Messiah, Yeshua, of course, is the greatest intervention of all, right? And pretty soon we'll be celebrating that birth all around the world, you know? I love Christmas. I, you know, we'll celebrate Hanukkah, of course. Uh, and that comes early this year, by the way. Uh, we'll celebrate Hanukkah. But I personally love Christmas, you know? I am not an anti-Christmas person, you know? I am not like, oh, that's a pagan holiday. I'm sorry. It's, listen, any opportunity to point to Yeshua, you know, Jesus, I don't care if it's the correct date or not. I'm just glad to point to him. And so we take that on that day. We're going to, we will focus on, you know, I think December 25th is actually on Shabbat. Uh, so we'll, we, we will focus like we typically do on the prophecies in the, of the, the Messianic prophecies and take a look at some of those amazing predictions of, his, of the Messiah's birth that Yeshua fulfilled. And uh, always great to look at those. So God is a God that does only what's possible, right? Did I get that right? Okay. He does what? The Thank you. The impossible, right? He's a God who does the impossible. He loves, he delights in doing what can't be done naturally, what takes prayer, what takes his intervention, but are co-laboring with him. 1 Corinthians 6, 2, we are laborers together with God. First Corinthians, we are workers together. We do it together with him. He wants our, our, us to work with him. Now, in 25, verses 27 and 28, chapter 25, it says, When the boys grew up, Esau became a man knowledgeable in hunting and an outdoorsman, when, while Jacob was a mild man remaining in tents. Now, so they're very different. Isaac, and then it says, Isaac loved Esau, Esau because he had a taste for wild game, but Rivka, Rebekah, loved Jacob. Very drastically different brothers, very different. And needless to say, we make big mistakes as parents when we try to fit our children into the same mold as ourselves or each other or one another. Um, and so it doesn't hurt to just mention, be careful for, of parental preference and favoritism. And it's easy to do. I mean... It's so easy, uh, and, it's, and it's just harmful. You know, it really is. So, obviously, we all make big mistakes, and uh, we, you know, we, it's easy to do. But we want to never do that because God makes children, everyone different, and he makes our children unique with different leanings and, and, and uh, giftings, and, and that's for his glory. And the best thing we can do is is help guide them in that and see and, and discern where he's gifted them and, and encourage them in, that, in, the, in those things. So verses 30 through 34 uh, of the same chapter, let's look at this, is the story. 
and we'll go from 29. Now Jacob cooked a stew. When Esav came in from the field, he was exhausted. So Esav came, said to Jacob, please feed me some of this really red stuff because I'm exhausted. That is why he called it, it's called Edom. Edom is red, you know, from red. And so Jacob said, sell your birthright to me today. Esav said, look, I'm about to die. Of whatever use is this to me, a birthright. And Jacob said, make a pledge to me now. So he made a pledge to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esav bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank, then got up and left. So Esav despised his birthright. He seemed callous and careless about it. And... uh, Jacob, uh, Esau rather, acts desperately, has an impulsive, and this this is an example of a desperate act, impulsive act, and some of those are irreversible like this one was. Jacob, on the other hand, is an exploiter here. Esau or Esau sacrifices the spiritual on the altar of the material, the eternal for the temporal the permanent for the transient. He treats his God-given heritage as trivial and allows his immediate need to control him. I remember when I was a new believer, an older man once taking me aside and said, said, let me tell you, he said, starve the flesh and feed the spirit. Feed the spirit and starve the flesh. <laughs> you know, Romans 8 verses 5 and 6 says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who... F- live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and shalom. Galatians 5, 16 and 17, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, but the Spirit sets its desire against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you cannot do what you want. So it says that Esau despised his birthright. So look look at the difference between the two of them. Now, in chapter 27, because 26 is a very different one. I spoke on that last year, actually. I saw in my notes on these four wells of Isaac. That was what I focused on. But chapter 27 is where Rebecca, mom, puts over, you know, she, she eavesdrops. She listens in on what Isaac, dad, is going to do in blessing, uh, blessing, uh, um, sorry, I'm listening to this, blessing, um, uh, yeah, Esau, and is that mine? It's not mine. Uh, ice cream truck, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> Not <our> alarm. <laughs> uh, and so she puts uh, Jacob up to this plan, to scheme, to steal the blessing, as we know. And it's an incredible chapter, which if you want to, like Suzanne mentioned earlier, take the time to read chapter 27. It's amazing. I count five lies that Jacob tells, five different lies he tells, and some are blatant lies horrible lies, um, to his dad. And 
uh, Esau and Jacob are, very, are both have do some really terrible things. Esau is desperate. Jacob is deceitful. Esau acts very stupidly. Jacob is very sly. Esau, obsessive. Jacob, opportunistic. Esau, careless. Jacob, calculating. Esau is very short-sighted in what he's doing here. Jacob, oh, he's, he's looking for the, the trickery, the way to do it. And as we know, what happens is Esau loses his birthright to Jacob, sells his birthright in chapter 25, and then the blessing loses the blessing. He gets an, an inferior blessing, by the way, also later on here, well, in, later on in the chapter. But the major blessing is he misses out on, goes to Jacob. Now, God already had said that this would happen. Remember, the elder will serve the younger. It was already prophesied. But it's still, so maybe, I, don't, I wouldn't say maybe, I would say definitely because of the way they got it, that they didn't trust God and it would, it would have happened the right way rather than the wrong way. It's interesting. The word birthright is bechorah, and the word blessing, I don't, think, I, I don't think I wrote these out, the word blessing is bracha. And there, I didn't write them out. I know I didn't uh, on the slides. But they're the same three syllables from bachar, the root, uh, and just in different order. Birthright, bechorah, and it means to force out, to free productive elements, you know, like, before, like birth from the womb, being forced out. The blessing, bracha, remember, means power growth, the, being, the power God gives to grow, to prosper. And so all of us want the birthright. To, we want to be blessed to give. We want to have the the. the the, the birth, to be able to give birth spiritually. We want to have that, bless, that, that wonderful thing. And we want to have blessing to be able to grow and prosper. And this is what Jacob has. Now, uh, Jacob gets both of these here. And yet, here's the thing I want you to think about. Through all of this, all of these things, which, again, trickery, deceit, causes so much, so much problems. Through all of this, God identifies himself to Moses and the children of Israel as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that should blow us away. In Genesis, or in Exodus, rather, 3, 6, 3, 15, and 16, 4, 5. Yeshua quotes it, Matthew twenty two thirty two. Uh, Stephen in Acts 7.32. God says to Moses, this is my name, the name by which I will be remembered, I should be remembered forever from generation, the door to door, generation to generation. This is my name. Zeshmi uh, Lolam. This is my name forever in Exodus 3.15. The God of Abraham, and it's really Elohe Abraham. Let's say Elohe Abraham. Elohe Yitzchak, Elohe Yaakov. 
Great. All right. So it's not, he even is saying, I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. I'm the God of each one of them. I'm identifying, I'm associating with each one of them in all of their muck and mire. <laughs> in all that they, in all, and so he does with us too. Aren't you glad for that? Now, could he not rather have been called, I would think, the God of Mr. Coward? That's Abraham. Remember, he ran down to Egypt when the famine came. Mr. Selfish. Say you're my, say you're my sister, not my wife, Sarah. Or the God of Mr. Naive uh, and Mr. Spiritually Blind. That's Isaac. Or the God of Mr. Liar. Not the movie. There was some movie. I didn't think I, I, think I saw a piece of it. Or uh, uh, Mr. the God of Mr. Deceiver, Jacob. As I said, he lied five times in chapter 27. But rather, God considers them men of faith and trust. What? In Hebrews chapter 11, read it. He calls them, the, he, he notes their times where they trusted him. And he says, I'm their God. He calls himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I would rather expect him to say, I am not the God of Abraham, nor the God of Isaac, nor the God of Jacob. But he doesn't. He chooses to associate himself with each one of them. And guess what? With you too, and with me too. Despite what anyone else might say. He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, 2 Timothy 1.9, not because of our deeds, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he, grace which was given to us in Messiah Yeshua before time began. 2 Timothy 1.9 again. Or Titus 3, verses 5 and 6, hear this, not by deeds of righteousness, which we have done ourselves, but because of his mercy he saved us through the bath or mikvah of rebirth and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he abundantly poured upon us through Messiah Yeshua, our Savior. Thank you, Lord. And those whom he predestined, that's Titus 3, 5. Those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What shall we say then in view of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's Romans 8, verses 30 and 31. Then in Romans 9, 11, Paul says this, yet before the sons, Jacob and Esau, were even born and had not done anything good or bad, so that God's purpose and choice might stand not because of works, but because of him who calls. God's calling and purpose is amazing. God's choosing us by grace is amazing. It's not pretty. The story is not always, not necessarily uh, gorgeous <laughs> by any means, but ultimately Romans 8 is the reality. He does work things together for good. You know, Jacob and Esau are going to reconcile later. But Jacob, there are consequences. Jacob doesn't see his mom probably ever again as far as we know because when she sends him off, 
doesn't seem like he ever sees again. <clears throat> and uh, it's a, it's, there's fraction, friction and fractured, fractures, fractured condition in the family that results. But uh, God's purpose stands, and God's promise works through them, and they are still in our, <laughs> and the, the purpose of God works through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, Esau, the, of course, the father of the, the, believe it, uh, the, uh, of the Edomites is the, uh, are his descendants. <clears throat> but in a sense, you know, we understand Jacob is, uh, you know, the word Yaakov, Ekov from Ekov, means the heel, <laughs> the heel. It's the, the one who is devious and undermines, and God is going to deal with him. As we'll see in the next parsha, I believe, and coming up soon, we see how God is going to deal with him and work in his life. Um, but thank God... I don't know. If I was the Lord, if you were the Lord, would you call yourself, would you say, I'm the God of Jacob or Isaac? Isaac, how could you do that? How, did you know what was going on when they came to you, when Esau and Jacob were there? Many think he did know what was going on, even though he was, you know, couldn't see well, but that he sort of knew what was going on. And um, God's grace worked through it. He is the God of all grace in First. Peter 5.10. And uh, Lord, we thank you that you associate yourself with each one of us by your grace. We thank you, Lord, that you stand with your purpose and your holy calling because of Yeshua and because of your faithfulness and because of your truth. And you're joined to us, even in, as you were to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. You're joined to us, even in our despicableness sometimes, even in our mess. You don't abandon us. But you never, no, never leave us nor forsake us in Hebrews 13.5. We're thankful for, the, for you. We're grateful, Lord. We praise you. We love you today. We bless you. And if you never trusted Yeshua yourself personally, you've never called upon the name of the Lord, I'm going to ask you to do that right now. Not put it off, but say, Lord, I need you. I, I maybe feel like a Jacob or an Esau. Maybe I've been cheated out of something. Maybe I'm bitter over something. Maybe, or maybe I cheated someone else out of something. Or maybe I made a st stupid decision and, and you know, and uh, because I impulsively, and I, you know, went after something, and, I'm, and I regret it. But thank you. I'm turning to you, God, for forgiveness, for, for wholeness, for a new start, because you are a God who forgives, and because you are a God who's paid for my sin through your death on the tree. And so... I call upon Yeshua, Jesus. And if you're praying that prayer, there's going to be some folks here. If you're here today, to someone to pray with you, seal that prayer. But, you're, but you're, you're, you're entering the kingdom of God the moment you called upon the Lord. And if you're praying, you're watching online, that's happening right now.
that happened the moment you prayed that prayer. Contact us. We want to help you in any way we can. Father, we thank you and bless you. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar HaShalom.